The following is my conversation with my lovely colleague, Shay Wilson. She's one of those people who has an infectious smile on her face and is willing to help anyone. Her volunteering to do this podcast is a true example of it. My conversation with Shay made me feel closer to her in many ways, and I realized that we have so much more in common. We spoke about family, life in Dubai, social reform, and how cancel culture has run awry, among many other things. I hope you enjoy listening to my chat with Shay as much as I did. How are you? I am good. So I know that we work together and it's we we work in different pods and that way, like even even if we work separately, I know you more, you're a friendly person. I'm the, also the kind of person who just like goes up to people and starts a conversation. But we barely know each other like to that level. Like you know, we are colleagues but not friends. Yeah. Tell me something about yourself that nobody knows. Um okay, I can't get into bed if the sheets are ruffled, I have to get, if I'm in bed and the sheets are ruffling around my feet, I have to get out and I have to perfectly straighten every single sheet in my bed and then get back into it. Else I will not sleep well. When did this start? Like that's, (laughs) (laughs) you know what? Um, I am, I wouldn't consider myself claustrophobic. The only times I get claustrophobic are and this has obviously happened in my life, which has made me like this. If if the thought of if I'm in a lift and it starts, the doors close and then they won't open, or the buttons are getting stuck or something, I get start getting a bit panicky about that. And then I start feeling really tight in a lift. Otherwise, I have no problem getting into the lift. Um, and if my feet get caught in a duvet or in sheets, I feel really tangled up and I get like panicked. So Did something happened. It must have happened when I was younger. No idea what and when, but it must have happened then. Do you find it like in these two instances only or like other things that you're like okay maybe it's just like it's holding me back because everybody has like some fear or the other and this yeah. could be something no. Like no these are the only two instances like I said with the lift I can get into a lift absolutely fine no problem but if the lift's closed and you know it's it's stuck for a second or it, it d- takes a while for the doors to open or if it's really full then I'll get a little bit panicked okay it's really so have strange. you ever felt trapped in a relationship with anybody Oh, interesting. I have actually, you know, I had, I had this boyfriend. He was very sweet. He actually started off as a rebound. um, And then I couldn't get rid of him. We were together for about a year and a half. I actually, um, well, I I tried to break up with him and he just like, almost wouldn't let me. Um, He was very invested in my family. He came from a bit of a broken home. My family's always been a bit of a train station open, like welcome into our house kind of thing. So he adored my family. And, um, I, like it just he was so lovely and I'm sure he is still lovely but I couldn't I just didn't picture a future with him and yeah. he didn't like stimulate me mentally and intellectually great guy the nicest guy but anyway so I actually applied while I was with him for a job with Emirates uh, with mm-hmm. Qatar and I didn't tell him and I got the job okay. and I was like oh by the way I'm moving to Qatar um oh, in shit. like in like a month's time and uh he was obviously devastated that I hadn't told him and when he when I moved there it was like right we'll try and make it work but I fully knew I was not invested in this relationship and I broke up with him after I'd been there about about three weeks or a month and then one like about three months four months later I was sat in my apartment in Qatar and I got this phone call and I was like hello it's Shay and he said um this guy was like hi Shay it's Rob and I was like hi Rob like 
how are you? You're calling me my cat on number. He's like, oh yeah, my aunt and uncle are here. I'm on my way to England. So I've just stopped here like with an open ticket for a little while. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I think I, saw him, like, I think I saw him twice. Then I made it very clear that our relationship was not going to resume. And yeah. um, he went to England. And I think he lives in Sweden now with uh, a wife or a girlfriend and three children. So it all worked out as it's supposed to. So I have something similar, like not that like I just like hold on to relationships longer than they should, but like it takes me a while. (laughs) It takes me a while to like let go. Like I won't talk to the person. I will like you know like just completely cut off contact if that's the case. But like mentally, I'm still like you know I want to message the person. I want to pick up the phone and give them a call, or like I want to share this with them. And then I keep having to stop myself until like it takes me a very long time. Like it'll take me three or four years. I'm just like completely detached. But like no one knows. But like mentally, I'm just like. I wish I still had that because like, I keep holding on to hope longer than I should. Uh, so it's not about you having empathy for having broken it off with them. It's you missing, missing that time with them. Yeah, and I don't like, I wouldn't want it to resume as it was before. Hmm. But I just feel like, you know, I, I have a, like a tough time saying that that person is no more in my life. Like I can have people who have like done me wrong, like massively. But if they come to me and be like, I need your help, or I just like talk, I just want to chat, I'll do that. Yeah. And because I'm like, yeah. there is that there is little sliver of hope in me saying that, you know, there's something between us. It could be friends mm. or whatever, but like, let's always have that connection because we as humans, like we thrive with community. And when there's lack of it, it's so difficult because you can't survive like that. And a lot of people are very cocky that way. They'll be like, oh, you know, I don't need you. Or like your use in my life is gone or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just the opposite, which is also not great. It's, it's, I was going to say it's not healthy. It's not not healthy. See, I think that one of, I'm very similar to that. And I think that one of my, my genuinely, one of my best traits is that I'm very empathetic and very mm-hmm. compassionate and probably forgiving to a fault. Um, until you like do me really wrong and then you're out of my life forever but I'm the same and I think the problem is whether it be a friendship or a relationship is it's so easy to hold on to hope that that person that you knew and loved one still exists but I mean I did read something the other day that said it was like a meme on Instagram that basically said isn't it crazy how um, there are people out in the world that still have this version of you that doesn't remembers this version of you that doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, Oh my gosh, totally. I think of all the foolish things I've done in my kind of 30 years of 36 years of existing. And I just think like, Oh my gosh, I'm definitely not that person anymore. But then it makes me think like on the flip side, there are these people that you still have feelings for care for have have happy memories with, and they are no longer that person, whether it be good or bad. It's yeah. It's crazy. On the flip side of that, given the fact that like the internet and its ability to like uh, screenshot or like a little snapshot of you of every, like chronologically, everything is there. And that's this whole thing with cancel culture where, you know, when you were younger, you said something stupid and your parents were like, no, or you grow up and you change your mind. But now there's like evidence of it. And there have been cases where like, you know, what happened with Kevin Hart, people went back to his old tweets and they were like, he said this and he's like a sexist. Exactly. And they have grown and they've evolved as people, but like people are so unforgiving that they go back and they go like, you said this and they're not that person anymore. And they keep going back and apologizing and trying to change or like, you know, uh, like undo the past. You can never undo the past. And it's becoming this very toxic culture where we're like, everyone needs to be canceled, like anyone on top. 
it's just it's really um the whole cancel culture really interests me because with Chrissy Teigen for example I was a big Chrissy Teigen fan Hmm. um and I was one of the people that unfollowed her when the whole thing with Courtney Stodden came out because I I did think like because she basically told her to like commit suicide and kill herself Hmm. and I did think like the core of her can't be right with my it's not aligned with my values like even in my darkest days I wouldn't tell somebody to say do you know what I mean so that's fine like you know things revealed but at the same time um people are so they are so um uh, extreme like any any cause like dame um deb in the bow babe in the uk who's just passed away do you you know her yeah yeah, Yeah. i saw we were so excited to jump on board and to help her and to you know help her raise funds and they were like just raging for this cause and everyone was communitized together for that but then at the same time they are so eager if someone puts a foot out to to just like you say cancel them and just like be so unforgiving towards them it's like there's no moderation there's no everything is extreme and then there's also like that added uh thing when they're a public figure like for example like the whole thing with michael jackson and his whole history yeah. and all speculations nothing 100 proven no one knows for sure and they were like okay but i like his music so there are a lot of people who are like okay i want to cancel him but not his music but then there are people like you know there's bill cosby's and like they've done horrendous things but their body of work changed a lot of people's lives because when bill cosby just started off he was that black figure where it's like the black father figure which a lot of kids looked up to and they were like okay there's a black man who's got a good family and it's on a sitcom yeah and he's like he's aspirational right yeah and then like this whole thing unraveled so but like the foundations of a lot of people's lives was based on of the fact that like oh it's it's a possibility for like young black men or like black men to have the homes like that or like someone in public where this is there's this narrative out there so it's so confusing like would you cancel the person or his body of work or him entirely and like when this whole thing had come out netflix had uh his show on and they had to pull it out so yeah. it's not just him losing like you know uh, revenue it's from it creation right yeah so the entire team like the cast the crew whoever like got it out and the, the rights for the show nobody made money off of it because of that one person same thing happened with Roseanne where like Roseanne got cancelled because of the tweets that she shared yeah. and like the entire uh, cast and the whole production they had revived the show everything got cancelled So it's so confusing because she was such a pivoting point to that show same thing for Bill Cosby. So yeah. we as like a collective culture need to decide how does this work because there's no solution where you just cancel somebody and then like like lose a lot of jobs, lose a lot of uh, like you know belief systems that they were so like wound into. You got what I mean? But at the same time there's no consistency because while you were talking about Bill Cosby and Roseanne, I was thinking about the whole cancel culture. about JK Rowling obviously there is so much surrounding her because of so many comments that she's made about the trans uh, community but they're still making films based on her books True. people are they still showing Harry Potter why is she any better than people that have said other things do you know what i mean it's yeah. it's like who gets to decide what's acceptable and what's not and when it has to be a full cancel like culture and when when some things are acceptable it's really it's interesting i think it could be based on the extremes of like what the current uh, 
understanding of what's okay is because it keeps changing yeah. so yeah. at that current stage when it blows out of proportion then it's like not okay so there if you go back and see like you know read books like famous authors were like super sexist and mm. you'd be like okay this is shocking James Bond the old exactly. James Bond oh my gosh it was like a woman beater it was <laughs> mental and like womanizer didn't respect women treated women like literally yeah. like pieces of flesh yeah and it was all okay and he was like the man's man yeah but if that same like you know the first movie came out in today's day and age it would not be accepted yeah so i think yeah. it's just about like you know what the current like you know understanding is and how much we have evolved and then again who the leaders or thought leaders in each time are so like if someone like we all follow suddenly says this person is bad a lot of people don't go like okay hold on why is this person like what are my feelings towards it they just yeah go like yes i agree with you because i'm a fan of this this person like yeah this I think whole it- thing which happened with uh, johnny depp uh, i'm not taking any sides but <laughs> before I'm, yeah before anything came out people were like team johnny depp like do you know the facts look i'm a firm believer in where there is smoke there's fire so i don't think like i i i am not i don't think either party is particularly innocent um and again not taking size if if johnny depp is is um innocent then i'm glad that he has been freed from that and i'm glad i i, I think it's right that amber heard is no longer smearing his name because it is affecting his career and i mean there are definitely times in her trial where i was like oh that really doesn't add up or like yeah it's a bit odd but at the same time there's there's definitely been abuse from her but i can't help but think there must have been some degree of something at least if it's emotional kind of trauma from his side um yeah i don't know where there where there is smoke there is fire i'm glad that if he's innocent he's free like good for him and i think he it was a smart move to get a female lawyer oh, i think yes. that was really really clever um, I mean, his PR team was just working overdrive during that. I swear. But that. see, the thing and using social is- media, right? Using social media, oh, yes. his PR to positively highlight him a thousand percent. And then people just ran with it. Uh, in on in the same wave of like her saying things. One thing that I really like shocked me was those messages that he sent. And then he goes like, "I don't remember them," or "I wouldn't send something like that." but it's like very colorful language and it's like oh you know i'm just that kind of person i text like that like that's how i talk yeah. and collectively we all chose to like brush that aside yeah i i kind of chose not to take i didn't really say anything about either side because again i don't i, I felt i felt like i wasn't informed enough to make a decision hmm. um and uh, uh, publicly and then having said that it makes me think about public figures how there's immense pressure on them to have a say over over topical subjects that are happening like if somebody's not said something about the new abortion laws in the, in the US like then it's like oh you just automatically agree with them but it's like have you got a um you you've got kind of forced to make a stand on political points even if you're not choosing to be a political person as a public figure sure. it's it's interesting like i mean obviously there are so many aspects to everything but i do think that that if you haven't got something nice to say or an informed decision don't say anything at all and i don't think that people should be criticized for that 
True. like public public people public what are your thoughts on when like you know black lives matter people were posting people are sharing like you know when there's something like you know the whole thing with palestine people are posting stuff sharing videos and to a certain degree does it push the needle in a positive direction or do you feel like it's just you know us feeling like we did our part interesting so something like abortion laws um it's tricky because there are so many religions that uh, disagree with it um, and, and, you know, more liberal people that agree with it. But something like Black Lives Matter, they just can't, they, there is no way in any religion or any culture where a black life can be worth any less than a white life. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. jumping on something like that is just a thousand percent, like, it's just a no-brainer. Yes, a hundred percent. I agree with the whole um everything surrounding Black Lives Matter. But yes, I think that everyone did the little black square on their Instagram. They're like, yes, I've shown my support. But mm-hmm. actually, how are they integrating that into their everyday life? And I mean, for myself, I grew up in South Africa. So, I mean, we've got the apartheid name smeared all over us, obviously. Yeah. I was born in 1985. So I was really young when it all happened. Um, we had liberation and democracy in 1994. So I would have been nine years old. Um, when it happened, but I have seen the aftermath of that, and it's taken decades for for uh, it's not even equal anymore. In fact, it's it's gone the other way. But I have in my life always been very sensitive to to the race and to the 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 good and the bad sides of it. Um, and I think that for me, because of that, I am if I see a, an article, for example, on Instagram or on or like a swipe up or on online you've you've got a choice if you are going to say that I'm going to educate myself and really align myself with how lives are not um, equal in the law or in people's eyes then when an article like that comes up you have a responsibility to swipe up on that article and read about it and understand what's happened like I get that people have time and a lot of people say you know I'm just on social media to keep things light and I don't want to look at politics and you know this and that but I feel like if you are going to say that you're supporting this cause you need to educate yourself on how things really are unequal there was this crazy article I read about this black kid in America who had had like he was like 14, I think, and he'd had the police pull him over, um, just walking out of a shop, whatever, about seven times in his life. And I thought, I don't know any white kids who are 14 years old that have ever been suspiciously like looked at by police. I mean, these kids may very well be shoplifting whatever out of the shop, but I'm like, because of their color, is does no one care? But this black kid might be in a shop and literally using his you know, five dirham pocket money that he's got given for that that week and he's buying some sweets or he's buying something he's been saving for. And is he automatically um, suspicious because of the color of his skin? Like, And for me to read articles where the facts are just proving that, yes, he is automatically suspicious because of the color of his skin is crazy. And that just makes me hypersensitive to it. And I think that it just pushes people to, I mean, after the whole George Floyd thing, like, there were there were all the riots and there were all the protests. What more can you do after that? All you can keep doing is sharing, right? I don't no, know. I feel like I feel like the next step, like as a cultural evolution, would be to have actionable change, which is easier for like us to do. Like back in the day, the you voted, and that's how you changed. Like made changes. So, like I believe in this. These uh, 
politicians and like what they believe in and what they are planning in reform and i vote for them but now it's become a very murky area where you don't even know who you're voting for and no matter what they say before the elections it changes completely after that so there but has more to than be- that sorry to cut you off you look at the abortion law people voted to allow it and then a bunch of white men in the supreme court disallowed it so yeah, it doesn't the, really it's a broken system vote. it's completely yeah. broken and there are a lot of politicians who uh, have a lot of money invested in companies that are lobbying in uh, government so they would vote uh, and they would like decide and change laws based on what's convenient for those companies that are paying their millions so it's I mean, we can see it's very murky so it's it goes back to like how do we go back to like grassroots where like each person's voice their vote their uh, their choices somehow makes changes so mm-hmm. there has to be something in between where you go like okay if if let's say these number of people say this and they want this reform it actually happens so you feel like you know you're actually validated and things do change so some system has to come in play i just don't know when and how that like would make sense but otherwise we it's like a lost cause because this black lives matter uh, this whole george floyd thing if you go back like 10 years from now uh, uh, from this date there was something like this that had happened before it keeps repeating itself again and again and nothing, nothing changes nothing is happening to change it yeah so what what would you say we do to change that so everyone was like i support black lives like let's go black grid on the instagram like yay and then what like if you're not educating yourself I mean for me I've got children hmm. and I think my biggest responsibility the biggest effect that I will ever have on this world because I am such a small insignificant person when you look at the world is making sure that my children grow up not like as naive as naive as it sounds not seeing the color of a skin or seeing it and think that doesn't even matter who cares what where they from what they look like but that has to do with the color of the skin that has to do with if a person's considered by the world beautiful or not beautiful do you know what i mean a woman or a man my children need to know that every life matters and that honestly it doesn't it doesn't matter where you come from what you have because at the end of the day all that matters is what's inside and it sounds so cheesy hearing myself say that out loud but that is the biggest contribution i can give to the world to raise two children a boy and a girl Who, yeah. who don't see that and who really see what's important i i don't think that's uh, like you know cheesy in any way whatsoever because they are your the future generation um, yeah. as a parent you're educating yourself and you're changing your ways and that's literally how we evolve as human beings mm-hmm. there was a time when people thought women were second class citizens there are a lot of people who yeah. still think that way Um, most american <laughs> evidently <laughs> even even in india unfortunately i'm indian but a large predominant part of india still thinks women are less than men the yeah. amount of rapes that happen the way women are treated as a uh, intimate partner violence i myself have has have experienced that like in uh, to with close people around in my life have been yeah. beaten up like abused uh, and they ended up in the hospital like bleeding and stuff like that so it it's been bad and i've seen it so it's not like oh it's something in the past that i've like heard of It no, is. It's, actually- it's a reality for people even now in today's day and age. Yeah. The amount of like uh, women that are trafficked. So of course, if you thought of someone equal to you, someone who who deserves respect, you would never do that, and it's yeah. happening. So if you're doing it as a parent, that's two people, and they're going to raise people. They're going to have kids. They're going to meet people. Yeah. Their relationships yeah. are going to be affected. So never think that you know what you're doing is in- insignificant. Mm. Yeah, I think it's. 
I mean, there is, I say there's not much more I can do. There is a lot more I can do just in terms of how I choose to treat people on a daily basis, how my children see those actions and how they learn to treat people. Like that is the most important thing at the end of the day, I think. And you've got to choose your heart. So like, this is where it comes to like, what do you want to pick and what do you want to use? Like, you know, your strengths, your abilities to, to make change. It doesn't have to be big things. Like, you know, whole, the whole thing where like, uh, now it's going to be 25 fills for plastic bag. That's like, I saw that, yeah. So yeah. It, they don't have to do it. It doesn't make a difference in, in not, no money going in someone else's pocket. It's the shops who buy the, uh, the bags or like you as a consumer be like, okay, you know what? I don't care. It's 150. I get all my groceries in a plastic bag. I don't have to worry about it. A lot of people will make that choice now. And that is because someone decided saying that, you know what? I can make this, I can do this. And this is going to affect, literally it's going to have a domino effect. And everyone in Dubai will either carry a tote bag or end up paying more. Simple as that. So it's just leadership who understands the value of like small reforms on that note i mean i obviously that's interesting because that 25 fills came in today first of july do you think that people are going to care i mean i hope so obviously i hope that our generation gives a crap and carries that tote bag i mean i've i live across the road from waitrose so during um we've got like a little tunnel that goes through to the mall next door and i got one of those granny trolleys and it's really smart it's got the little wheels that can like go up the stairs and things it's pretty cool but like during covid i would go twice a week and i'd go to waitress with my little trolley and i'd pack everything in there mm. or if i was with my kids i'd put something in the i put all the groceries at the bottom of the pram without a plastic bag so i've been trying to make like small little steps but do you think the average person will give a crap about paying two dirhams extra for the plastic bags or do you think I think they yeah. would because, see, now the petrol prices are, have risen, right? And they've been rising every month. And they've been like yeah. small fractions, small fractions. And every time that like, it's announced, the night before, people go and line up at the petrol stations and you're filling up your uh, tank. Maybe it's going to last you a week. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're trying to save those little pennies a little bit. So maybe there is less dispensable income in the region than there's always been because whenever people would move here and this is interesting so whenever people would move here in the past they would come on expat packages i know you've been here for, for a while but for people who've maybe moved here in the kind of noughties you know 2000s they would come on an expat package so the kids school fees would be paid housing blah blah blah, blah. but i think a lot more so people would move here for the money hmm. i think people now I'm from South Africa. There are South Africans here. While they won't ever get the passport, it's at the moment safer than South Africa. People from England want the sun. So they are moving here and you're getting second, third, fourth generation expat kids who are living here by choice because they like it. And it's not just about the money. So actually they are starting to count like maybe the the money doesn't have to be as attractive. It's all still tax free, which is great, but it doesn't have to be as attractive as it was in the past because the Brits are still getting like 363 days of sunshine a year and things like that. So actually maybe life is resuming to a more normal level here where people are counting pennies true i just feel like there is a choice that you have to make uh where you live it's also where you raise your kids and the biggest like decision as a parent would be like are they getting the right education are they safe are they happy and with inflation and then crime rising like like you can see in the u.s it's it's going getting from bad to worse 
and you as a brand have to decide okay they're with me i'm earning enough i'm happy here why would i like send them back a yeah. lot of indian parents when like the prices went up there was inflation uh, especially during you know 2008 when the stock market went down a lot of parents indian parents that i know of they were like okay how about i send my kids to uni or to school in india and i continue to work and see how stable it is and uh, that was a choice that they made and i feel like there's a it's coming quite close where there will will be another inflation the market is like predicting yeah. that and now the choice has to be safety versus like being able to save and survive people yeah. people make a different like there's different salary brackets families manage differently and then it becomes very difficult you want to be with your family you want to see your kids like you know grow up see them every day or be able to afford things mm. so it, it's it's a it's a give and take it's not it it becomes very tricky like for me like i've come from a family where my parents would make a lot of money so we were like right down to earth bare minimum just surviving yeah and so it was yeah, oh in india here yeah. i was born and raised here Yeah yeah you're a Dubai yeah. brat. <laughs> I wouldn't say brat. I was a Karama kid and Karama is okay. just like like Karama the Karama kid that's so cute. <laughs> so like Karama is like the hood. Like if you yeah. were raised in Karama you wouldn't you wouldn't call yourself like okay I was a brat. It's very different. Okay. Like you're very grounded. Right. Or oh, I'm saying that to okay. myself like that could be just me assuming it but <laughs> yeah. Oh but you know it's so As I said, I've got two kids. The idea always was to go back. Well, my husband's from the UK to go to the UK so the kids could go to high school in England. Yeah. Um. And now, you know, I think I'll do a few more years here at least. But then I think, what if we do choose to stay here? My kids will go to university in England. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt about that. The education is great, and the whole lifestyle is great. But is it safe for my kids if they've lived in this bubble, the bubble of Dubai? How naive are they? Will they survive in the real world? It's actually a little bit scary. Like you, I almost want my kids to go to England before so they can get a bit of nit and grit on them and understand what the real world's actually like before they are adults, so that they don't just become adults and then think that the whole world's like Dubai because this is a this is a bubble. I mean, I go and pick Blake up from school because it's so hot. I leave. I know it's illegal, but I leave my car on because it's fifty degrees, and yeah. I leave my my bag on the front seat. No, without my cars unlocked, without even thinking about it, I would never do that in South Africa. Never do that in England. Mm-hmm. Like my kids are growing up thinking it's normal. It's not true. So, like you, you, you've lived in South Africa, and I don't know where your husband's from, but he was not born raised here. And do you see the difference in, like, you know, how you were raised? Like your values are they different from how their kids' values are? I, it's. I, I do believe that, like, ninety percent of a child. they they they've formed in terms of like values and and manners from the parents like really because it's our job to instill that in them i don't care if they go to school with absolute brats they don't have to be a brat because that behavior would not be acceptable at home with me hmm. um but it's it's a tricky one to say because i'm an 80s kid what were we doing in the 80s well i know you're not an 80s kid you're a 90s kid i think but hmm. what was i doing in the 80s i was riding my bicycle i would watch you know tv i'd have to wait the i'd have three tv channels and i'd have to wait the entire week for the next episode to come out of like you know whatever so like it's a completely different life i spend 90% of my school holidays outside in the swimming pool or riding my bike outside things like that so i mean 
even if we were in England, even if we were in South Africa now, I don't even think the kids could do that because of safety. If we were in England, would you be terrified of your child getting abducted? I mean, here they would become, you know, they'd be like seven degree burns if they went outside during summer here for too long. But it is one of the places, if I'm on the Palm, if I went to the Golden Mile, you know, the kids could go ride their bikes without me worrying. So there is something we could do like here. But in terms of values and things, this is what I mean. Like, it is my job to instill that and to make sure that my children are always polite. They always say, please, they always say thank you. And I'm very, I'm adamant that they, I'm almost glad when we go to South Africa, because as you drive out of the airport, there are a lot of townships in Cape Town. And I want them to see that. I want them to see that what they, they are lucky for what they have. Before they get toys at Christmas or on their birthdays, they um, clear out their other toys. I never say I've, I'm withdrawing toys out because I don't want them to think things are dispensable. I say we're giving them to children who haven't got any toys so that they understand that there are kids who haven't got things, that they are lucky um, and that they hold some sort of value in something. Um, but yeah, I mean, kids do grow up privileged here. Sure. regardless of what anyone says but but that is a, a worry it does that put them in make them very vulnerable when they go somewhere else like England where they would be at university and just think the whole world's like that maybe you could like you know do like a test run where you expose them to a little danger every time see how they <laughs> so, have like one of my friends be like oi come to this car and, <laughs> and be like see we don't do that you know, I have a, a, a friend, she's she's amazing and she's got two kids, but I remember her telling me, I mean, they are living that the ultimate Dubai life. And I remember her telling me her daughter's about seven, that they will get home from school and she will like request that their nanny makes her a fruit platter. And then like, she will go up to her room and eat the fruit platter and then leave the tray with the plate outside of her bedroom, like you would at a hotel. And oh I was God. literally at floors on the floor. I was like, Oh. How is this kid going to survive like when it hits the real world, when it goes to university, wherever? It was just crazy. So I think that my kids have a pretty normal life here. Um, privileged, yes, of course, but but as normal as can be. But then you've got kids like that who just are living this totally different life. Yeah, it's mad. It's and down to the if, if your kids are never exposed to like hardship, whenever they come like across some sort of like you know thing in their life where they have to like actually fight for their rights or fight for what they want they will crumble because they have never experienced hardship and you you can't have your kids so weak that like any adversity comes to them and they just like crumble in front of it Mm, so you've got to teach them like you know these core values like okay things when things go bad what do i need to do i need to Mm. stop pause, think, see what the right move is, see what's right for not just me, but for everybody else as a community. Things yeah. like that, that that you can't teach in one day. It has to be like trained. It has to be incorporated every single time. Yeah. I mean, I, I read something the other day. My um, stepbrother and stepsister are Norwegian. So it's obviously a very socialist country. Um, and I was just reading something about how, and I don't think it's only specific to Norway, it's specific to the world in general, how children are taught so much about their their rights and what they are rightful to as kids, but not their responsibility, their responsibility to their community, responsibility to other people, responsibility to themselves, like that's that's been forgotten. So it's all about, it's become so centric, like self-centric on what do you want? What's good for you? But yes, at the end of the day, we are all part of this community and we need to work together to make it work. And I feel like, to a certain degree it's kind of amplified in Dubai because most of us don't know our neighbors 
Mm. We might see them at the lift or like when, you know, you're just getting out or going home. Uh, there's no sense of, un- like, imagine someone is sick. Like, I saw this documentary recently uh, about Japan where, like, a lot of people live in these small little, like, literally almost like a closet apartment. And there have been so many cases where, like, someone has died or passed away and he was there for, like, months because no one was, he had no family or, like, he's just very closed off and he doesn't even, like, like, have sent messages to his family so like the only time people found out because there was a smell so someone came like knocking the door and like oh he passed away and the guy who was cleaning up like his apartment said that this is so common that it's just there's no sense of community so like no one knows like imagine if i see my neighbor every day in the morning and say hey how how things just like just that small chat i see the person missing for a week i'll be like okay something is up but if i never see them i don't care they're not part of my reality yeah yeah, you wouldn't think, oh, that's strange. I've not seen them for a week and go and knock on their door to see if they're okay. Yeah. And I mean, for me, as a South African person, I I, I truly, <laughs> I know everyone thinks, but I truly think that we're a very special um, nation, nation of people, the South Africans. Like, if you were in South Africa, everyone says hello to people. Like, if you were in the lift, you wouldn't get into a lift and not say anything to that person. You'd say, hi, good morning, how are you? And I do that here. And people, like, sometimes they like, oh, wow, hi, I'm fine. And sometimes they kind of look at me like I'm a bit odd. But, like, my sister knows her neighbors across the road. They all know each other. So do my parents. Like, if I think people live in apartments. They will know other people, probably invite them around for a drink. So it's very kind of social. And to a degree, that sense of community is amplified. But yeah. Why do you think that is the case though? Like, see, over here, nobody talks to their neighbors. And like you're saying, in mm. South Africa, that is the case. Uh, why do you think that is? I don't know. I just think, I think it's just how we are. I read something and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who it was, but where it's actually, is it Korea? It's quite it's quite rude to smile at a person you don't know. Okay, like if you're walking so past them, where is that? I need to see if you're walking down the street and you like smile at someone, it's it's like considered quite rude to do that. It's like you're interfering in their life. Whereas in South Africa, if someone did that to you and you didn't do it back, you'd be like, oh, I think that would be like different. some country like Russia because they're like so hardcore. Like <laughs> I don't talk to people. I'm not friendly because if I smile, then I look like I'm weak. <laughs> I'm, just I'm weak. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I need to have a look and remember where that was, but it's, um, it's just, it's, it's interesting how people are so different. And I guess, again, it goes back to the nature or nurture is that it's the nature of people. It can't be, right? It's got to be how people are nurtured if it's an entire nation of people. I don't know. So like from where my parents are, like from my from India, uh, so women shouldn't smile at men because then it's almost like, oh, you're flirting with the person. You shouldn't stand next to a man that you do not know is not your family member. Uh, stuff like that. But wow. on the flip side, when you're walking down the street and if you're female, men women older people will just literally stare you down won't even blink don't care my gosh and they'll they'll pass comments about you while you're walking past them so like i am like very skinny flat chested so i remember when i was walking down the street one time someone was like oh is this a girl or a guy and like loudly looking (gasps) at me (laughs) whoa yeah i would probably be jailed if i if i went there because i'd be smiling at everybody like like you know it's saying hi to everybody (laughs) they'd be like she's not married to any of these people and she's smiling to everybody (laughs) wow that's crazy wow see i mean that would cultural thing yeah sorry would you were you insulted by that i i couldn't care less because i've heard it too many times like it's not just in india that has happened it's happened in dubai as well so like uh but it's happened with 
women specifically, Indian women specifically. But there have been cases where I'm walking down the street, again, because I'm flat-chested, men will just stare at my chest. And they're like, just stare. So it's like having breasts or the lack of it is a very... um, it's a topic that like so for some there's and there's no shame like they they will stare you down like not give a fuck it's crazy well even if you've got breasts i guess you're walking down and they they will stare at you right <laughs> it's really crazy you can't win either way <laughs> it's tough <laughs> to win. yeah even today's day and yeah. age it is but it's gotten better like it hasn't been as good as it, as it is right now for women for, for women than it has been in like in the past like as much as we'd like to say, we've we've made a lot of like strides from but like at the how same time, you say that, but then I can't help but think, and I know everyone's gonna have different opinions on that, and that is fine. But for me, like I love Rihanna, for example. But when Rihanna went to the Grammys with like a see-through dress on, I just thought, yes, it's your body, you can do that, but it doesn't mean everyone else wants to see it. And also, are you just welcoming people the opportunity to stare at you like without any any thought at your at your breasts like isn't that just welcoming them to do that to any other woman saying like this is free reign do you, do you know what I mean no I know what you mean like there is something like okay you you there's that personal space and then you can do whatever like your body's yours you do with it what you want but mm. then also it just goes like okay you've just kind of I I, I can't put it to word but I but but I get your sentiment oh hello okay. We've got a little visitor. Blakey, mommy's just gonna meet them. <laughs> yeah, so it, it gets okay. very tricky. I know what you mean though. Like uh, there was this whole thing, I remember reading an article where they were uh, their school, um, like you know, the team that manages everything, uh, like the cleaners and the uh, the operations, yeah. they had a whole complaint about girls wearing really short shorts. And they were like, it's hot and I want to wear shorts. And they're like, no, it's too provocative. And you're sexualizing yourself. Like wear shorts up to your knees and stuff like that. Like, wow. how does that, so how does that work? Because those those kids are like younger than teens. They don't even understand what this means. Yes, exactly. And they're being sexualized. And they're being sexualized by people who are running a school, who they like listen to, who like they depend on. Respect, yeah. And it's like authority, right? They're dependent on them for, yeah. But then also as a parent, like if you have a child and they walk out with like booty shots and you wouldn't be like, okay, you know what? It's fine because they're kids and they don't get it. You would, wouldn't want to expose them to like people staring or people like, like treating them badly or expose them to like any kind of like danger in that manner. So who draws the line and who decides? You know, at the end of the day, it's got to be a personal thing and it's got to be a personal respect thing. But and, and I think it's my job as a parent to say to my child what I feel like is socially acceptable, what's not, but then also allow the child to have a bit of free reign. But I walk through the malls here, for example, and bearing in mind, Dubai is still part of the UAE. It's still a Muslim country and we are guests in their country, whether you're an expat, a resident or a tourist. And I walk through the malls so many times and there are often teenagers and often just women walking in like the tiniest shorts with their like entire bum cheeks hanging out or like these like 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 just like cleavage bearing tops and I just think like there's a time and a place like in the middle of a mall if you want to wear that to a beach club awesome because the people that are at the beach club are people who are probably you know not following the Muslim culture probably to an extent people at the mall 
if I'm a, you know, a Muslim and I, I choose to not go to those places because I don't want to see them, I don't, I shouldn't have to see them in the mall. Do you know what I mean? You're still in a Muslim country and it's disrespectful to the culture here. It really makes me quite cross. But the thing is, like, I don't want to be devil's advocate, but then it goes back to, again, my body, my choice. I want to wear what I want. And that's where it gets tricky. It's just like, what's okay? Like if- But you're in a Muslim country and you're Muslim. So like, you know- No, no, no I understand that. But then I also want to see where they're coming from. Like imagine they've been exposed to like an environment which has always been like, okay, I can wear what I want. And I like my body, I want to show it off. Okay, I'm attractive. I like what I look like and, I, I, and I'm comfortable in this. And it's hot maybe, like that's an excuse. So when they walk out the door and they go to a mall, they're like, this is who I am. So in the same way, like when a woman in a buyer walks out and she's in France and she goes like, this is, this is me, this is my culture, but I'm in a Western country. And then there's, yeah. so it, it's, it's confusing. Yeah, <laughs> you see I hear what yes, 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 I do. I just feel like, I mean, a, a, and a buyer is slightly less offensive um, than a tiny pair of shorts in a in a religious country. But True. yes, I mean, then you've got all the all the other stuff that comes with the buyers and the reason they've been banned in France and blah blah blah. Yeah, like but the yes. whole face thing. Okay, I understand. But then what about a burkini where the face is mm. exposed, but like the rest of the body is covered? So it's just again, it's it's such a it. If we we still haven't figured out the answers yet because everyone believes in different things. And to find yes. common ground is very difficult. That's why we have conflict. That's why we have different belief system. Wars start because I believe in something and then someone believes something else. And when we find yeah. a solution, I think we'd be better off. But I don't think that is the case because everyone like digs their heels in the sand and goes like, I am right and I don't care. Yes, 100%. And on that note, like, you know what? It's really funny because you are saying, it's essentially that everyone should just accept everybody for for everyone but I think until oh, I, don't, I don't I just don't ever see that happening like I feel like the current um generation is very accepting like if you want to be gay if you want to be a woman go for it like that's awesome and I, I genuinely think that that's amazing um but it's trying to not it's trying to find a balance between religious and political and individualization I guess and I just don't know if I feel like religion and politics should never merge. That's when it gets very tough because we now we live in a world where every religion is dispersed everywhere. It's not like, okay, if I come to Dubai, I'm only going to see Muslims or I go somewhere else. So law cannot force someone to follow something that they don't believe in. Yeah, the globalization has definitely affected affected things it's a small place and as you say different communities are integrated in into every single country and city in the world they they can't be very many cities in the world that aren't untouched 